Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Executive Insights Podcast. My name is Elliot Sloan with the McCallum Group. And today we have a very special guest, Cindy Lai, the AVP of Marketing and Communications of the CAIPA organization. Cindy, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and the organization. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for inviting me uh, to participate in this podcast. So my name is Cindy Lai, and I'm the AVP of uh, Marketing and Communication at Kuiper. Kuiper stands for Coalition of Asian American Independent Physician Association. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Kuiper is the largest and the most successful independent physician association in Metro New York area. We serve over half a million uh, Asian population and with over 70 specialties in the network. So we have been in practice for over 20 years and we continue to grow. We contracted with many different health plans, labs and with hospital as well. So we have a pretty impressive network serving the community. Yeah, so tell me more the value of a provider who joins the coalition. What is the value to them? So basically the idea is Instead of uh, individual provider to go contract with health plans um, to get the patient, we help them to do the contract negotiation. We also take a lot of the administrative burden away from the provider uh, so that they can uh, you know, focus and invest all the time in the patient. Our provider will be able to deliver the top quality uh, instead of spending all the time on the claims, on the paperwork, one of my main role is to provide the um, education and training program for our provider. Our doctor continue need to be refreshed and trained and educated, especially, you know, dealing with government, um, you know, program, health insurance program. There just continue to be, you know, many update changes, policy, you know, um, so on and so forth. So does your organization act as a management company for some of these practices? Are you doing operational support or marketing support? I think it's everything. <laughs> Besides what I talk about negotiating the contract, right? We continue to provide compliance information to our provider to make sure the practice are in compliance, whether it's government program or commercial program. We do a lot of outreach program as well uh, to make sure that we outreach to the patient and educate the community. So in addition, um, we... Um, you know, we have a VBP payment, when, meaning where your base payment program. What does it mean is like there are stringent uh, requirements by the government, by the state, Department of Health, uh, that we need to reach. And in order to reach those uh, requirements, we will be able to save the money uh, for the government while delivering the quality care to our patient. Wow. So all the providers are part of a value-based care program when they're part of your coalition? Very much. Obviously, it's up to them to uh, enroll or not. Yeah. But most of our provider, we have really high standard for our provider and, um, you know, working with health plan on this VBP payment program. Yeah, value-based care is a very interesting topic, and it seems to be where the health insurances are envisioning 
the ways of getting the cost of healthcare lowered and the compensation for providers increased by containing the overall cost to prevent a chronic disease in patients. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, because don't forget is in order to do that, right? Now there is risk as well. If we are not able to reach the goal uh, that's set up uh, by the state, um, you know, working with the health plan, we might incur risk, meaning cost. Sure. But so far, of course, we uh, Kuiper ha- is very confident, and that's why we are able to make this uh, VBP contract with uh, a number of health plans. So it is a gold standard in terms of quality care and in terms of managing our patient. Uh, because on one hand, we have to reach the very stringent uh, standard uh, measures. On the other hand, we have to be very careful uh, looking at our the course of utilization. Sure, yeah. The only way you can confidently go into a value-based care program is if you have the full confidence in your team and your providers to be able to deliver the high-quality care before the conditions become exacerbated and become I guess you're trying to capture uh, and prevent conditions and provide treatments up front before they become uh, more serious. And that's exactly uh, about our preventive um, care uh, coming into place. So as an organization, we look into every aspect of our patient population and the need continue to change and evolve based on the uh, environment, you know, for example, right now we live in um, in the COVID. So as an organization, how are we going to adapt to the changes need, increasing different needs of our patient? So that's, again, another big role of uh, being an IPA. Since you mentioned the value-based care program, it's it's something that's a very intriguing topic for a lot of our listeners on the podcast. You know, a lot of providers are are hearing the benefits, but then there's also risks with value-based care. When you said you're, um, you know, contracting with the state, it would also be correct that you're doing value-based care programs with the uh, private insurers, the Blue Cross Blue Shields of the world. Is that correct? Correct. Exactly. That's actually how uh, it comes into place. Uh, We have uh, several major health plan partners and in terms of the number of membership, those are the health partners that we work with because they have confidence in us in delivering the top quality care to the member, meaning our patient. Talk to me about um, how it works as far as, let's say, telemedicine. You want to help your providers introduce telemedicine to their patients how are you rolling out some of these technologies such as telemedicine to improve the speed and efficiency of care delivered to patients? So telemedicine service and program have existed years prior to pandemic. It's not new. It's just that the pandemic, it kind of like, um, you know, you know, kind of pressing the need uh, for doing so doing more often and expanded to a wider group of uh, patient population. So, uh, but advancement in technology and the overall healthcare along with COVID-19 cases have contributed to a surge in telemedicine. Uh, 
uh, adoption. Now, convenient and beneficial telemedicine, which is kind of like remote patient care and treatment, in another word, right, has already become a tool for monitoring existing patients, but at the same time, attracting new patients uh, while proving itself to be the future of the healthcare industry. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a an ecosystem that you're building that includes new technologies, telemedicine, and traditional uh, interventions with PCP and other specialists that is really putting together the perfect synergistic uh, delivery of healthcare. Exactly. And then one of the uh, very important thing, this is uh, culturally, linguistically, tailor for the Chinese American patient in the New York City. I think that distinguished ourselves from many other programs. I can imagine, you know, the amount of information that's out there is great, but now you have to convert it all to content and copy that can actually be absorbed by a lot of your patients that might not be fluent in English. Exactly. And even like we do a lot of training for our provider. Um, before we uh, launch this program. So we are very prepared. Um, when I say culturally and listically, means that from the staff who pick up the phone to the nurse, to the educator, to the coach, uh, to the doctor, not to mention, right, they are all capable of, you know, in the um, language, uh, Mandarin, Cantonese, or sometimes Shanghainese, right, um, in order to take care, the good care of our patient. So just like any other workplace, right, healthcare organization or hospitals, his institution have their own way of running. And culture is very much tied to that, the way they operate, the way they run the organization. So Part of the organization culture is shared values, practice, and purpose. They are all working towards one mission, one goal, whether uh, it's delivering quality care or improving the health of patient population. So to promote a positive and healthy culture is also about relationship and, and uh, of building and ensuring everyone in the organization has a sense of belonging within that community. I mean, you're a coalition with um, over a thousand private practices that are part of the organization. Is that correct? And how many providers did you say? Uh, over 1,200. Over 1,200 providers. So how are you helping to maintain a certain level of culture and philosophy of treating patients when you have so many practitioners and practices that are part of the organization. It's not like you are delivering a culture for one health system. You're dealing with a thousand different businesses, essentially, that all have their own independent teams. How do you help such a massive organization that are kind of going to the beat of their own drum? Great question. And the answer is communication, 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 and communication. <laughs> we are not an enterprise. Um, our provider have their own tax ID. Okay. So they are wanting, in another word, they are wanting their own business. They could hire 10 nurse or two nurse or whatever, right? So that's the business. 
what as an IPA, our mission is to unite them, unite them all together, sharing one mission, one goal, and also the different, you know, uh, quality measure that we set up either by the health plan or by the department, uh, by, uh, by DOH, you know. So communication is really the key in terms of um, delivering the right message and the right goal uh, to our provider. Sure. And I imagine one of the benefits of joining the coalition is the internal referrals of patients from one specialty to another. I'm sure they all potentially stay within the group. Yeah. Correct. When they have to go out to see other specialists. Correct. Exactly. So we have an, another, again, very smooth, uh, efficient uh, referral system. That's another big thing in terms of uh, helping putting the patient in the way hand. Tell me, in your opinion, um, what is the most pressing issues facing health systems going into 2023? So we are starting to see a more, more noticeable digital shift, especially with the increased use of telemedicine and telehealth services at the peak of pandemic. Those who have not already incorporated the virtual engagement as part of the healthcare system may risk losing patients. However, with technology advancement, more time you have to spend training provider and patient who may have difficulty um, documenting or adopting this way of monitoring. Another concern that needs to be addressed is the mental health care access. I'm here like every day, the mental health issue is becoming the number one most pressing issue in the overall healthcare system. People every day are living with some sort of mental illness and global viral outbreak have only lead to the increase in depression and anxiety cases. More than half of U.S. adults are left untreated, totaling to at least 27 million. Now, access is so limited due to a number of reasons. Financial reason, racial barrier, uh, social stigma, um, or due to the lack of professional uh, because of provider shortage. During COVID, we have been continue recruiting behavior and mental health uh, provider. We never have enough. And I'm sure that, you know, all other healthcare uh, organizations share the same issue. So health inequality is going to be ongoing problem that could become costly for our U.S. healthcare system. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, the shortage of mental health professionals is a real problem and just the lack of care that is being delivered to patients who have mental health issues. I think there's plenty of studies that show poor mental health can lead to, to chronic diseases. And there is a correlation between unhealthy thoughts and overwhelming anxiety, which then triggers the body to not fight disease properly or to not digest um, and break down chemicals and vitamins properly and nutrients properly. It's kind of like a domino effect and it starts with your mental health. And once that goes in a bad direction, the body kind of follows after it. Exactly. The physical and mental, they are interrelated. Yes. Um, it has to be treated and so that's always saying that you have to the overall health and wellness. So we 
we start seeing, and our doctor is also like, yeah, you know, seeing that when we treat a patient, it's the overall, it's the overall wellness, uh, not just for a single part. And, and that is something that we continue um, to educate, to train, um, you know, uh, our provider on, on this aspect because it's costly. It's really costly to our, um, you know, uh, overall healthcare system. I couldn't agree more. And I think the approach of treating the body as a whole is very important. And it doesn't get looked in depth enough as treating a patient as a, you know, the whole body and the holistic approach when you're a single specialty. But when you have all these providers that are a part of a coalition with every specialty across the board that are all communicating and referring, the patients have a much better chance of getting that holistic approach. So, um, you know, I can see why you guys are doing such an excellent job at closing that gap in patient care and um, catching patients that are on the onset of uh, very serious issues and illnesses um, by all these programs that you're delivering to your, your partner providers and the patients that you serve. Well, now, now you kind of help to put everything together and see how everything tie in, like from technology, POC, uh, yeah. telemedicine, uh, to I talk about so much about quality, yeah. about provider education and training, yeah. and, and, you know, the staff who are culturally and linguistically trained. So doesn't it kind of like you see the whole picture yeah. And why we say we are the best and the most successful. We don't say it easily, sure. uh, but you kind of like see how this organization work and our extended arms family working with the hospital, uh, make sure that, um, you know, to minimize the readmission of the hospital. Sure. And I am confident to say that you earn the right to say that you are one of the best, if not the best, uh, coalitions out there for providers, and you are uh, making a big impact and difference for the patient populations that you serve. Thank you so much. Um, we will. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, you know, every day is a new day when it comes to healthcare. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for sharing all these amazing insights and experiences and information about your organization. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to participate. We'll be more than happy to uh, any way that we can contribute in the future. Yeah, I'm, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. I know there's a lot more we can talk about. We're both excited about we healthcare been here for 24 hours for days. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll have to have you. We'll have to have you back on the show again soon. Okay, thank you. I would love to. Awesome. I will circle back with you, Cindy, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Any have any question, feel free to email to me. I will be more than happy to help. Thank Thanks you. So you much. have a good day. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.